Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters Podcast. This is episode 188. You've got Chris and Brian. We're going to talk about a recent pistol-focused um, training event we did, um, run through some of the drills, lessons learned, and whatnot. Uh, starting out with, we shot posted uh, standard size post-it notes at 15 yards cold. I don't know what a standard uh, size post-it note is. Like, these were 3x3s. Three 3x3, by three by three. okay. 2.5x2.5. Yeah. Like, whatever you generally think of as, like, the post-it note with the dispenser. Yep. Like, the classic, yeah, normal, classic. classic normal post-it note. Yeah. Um, we stuck those on target, so we put them at 15 yards, and we drew um, and put one round into the post-it note, and we continued to do that for an entire mag. Yeah. couple couple um, points of interest on this real yeah. quick before we dive into... Um, it, it, we, I've always espoused the idea that you are likely not competent with a handgun if you can't maintain a one inch per 10 feet linear standard of accuracy, i.e. at 10 feet, if you can't hit a one inch dot, you're, you probably need to work on some fundamentals in a, in a, in a pretty hard way. Um, if you can't maintain two inches at 20 feet, three inches at 30 feet, five inches at 50 feet, etc., um, this is this is a pretty significant standard. Forty five feet on about a three inch target, so you're running about two thirds. Yeah, about two thirds of, of what that standard is. Um, so so bearing that in mind, the other thing was you had pointed out that you wanted everybody your draw stroke should be the same speed whether you're at three feet, thirty feet, or three hundred feet. Your draw should be with alacrity. If you are drawing your gun, you likely have a threat that you've identified that you would like to get a muzzle on and perhaps decide to engage if you haven't already. Um, and so that was part of it was getting the gun out. Um, and that, that will come into the conversation in yeah. a few minutes as we talk about this too, because you were supposed to be getting the gun out like you mean it, not with some lackadaisical lollygagging here, lollygagging there kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so that, that'll come into play. Okay, cool. Yeah, so the, the draw speed was expected to be quick. Yep. Um, but then it, the it same. was a... It the same, like con- consistent. Confirmation three sight picture. Um, so get all the sight picture. Yep. You know, perfect sight picture, um, perfect trigger press. There was no time standard attached to this. True. Uh, so once the gun was out and presented to the target, uh, you know, it was take take your time. <clears throat> Make the hit. Put, put the bullet where it needed to go. Yeah. Um, yeah, some of us did that better than others. Well, and, and I and I do think did it more consistently than others. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think I, I, the entire group, we have all but one guy running a dot. Um, curiously, the guy running iron sights um, ran shot pretty well uh, for running iron sights at almost fifty feet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so so the whole you know the dots to be all end all for accuracy. Um, no, it's not. Uh, you can still use irons and make things happen. I do think it's faster with the dot. Um, I do think it's more target focused with the dot, which is probably better in a fight scenario than trying to find that hard front sight. Because if you need to make a small target hit, a precise hit at distance, you're, you're going to have to come back to the front sight. It's not going to happen yeah. with a confirmation three. That's why they call it confirmation three. Right. Uh, I mean, at, at, at yeah. those distance for this level of shooter for yeah. us, yeah. If, I mean, if you're a world-class shooter, then no, that's, that, that could be a, for some of these dudes, that could be a confirmation one. Uh, probably two. But I'm just saying, for some, yeah. there's the guys out there that are good enough that at 50 feet, they probably yeah. could do that. Um, I am not one of them. Probably won't ever be because I don't have the money for the ammo. Um, and I don't have the eyes. And I'm lazy. So we'll go with all those things. So uh, uh, so, so anyway, yeah, this, is, this was about getting the gun out, um, getting on target and hitting a relatively small target. Again, like you said, no time frame. 
the one of the things that some of the guys were that I saw struggling with it and comes is something that's completely dry fireable is getting the good master hand grip on the gun as you draw it because if you're drawing with alacrity you're not drawing the gun squishing it around holding it with your left hand wrapping your right hand around it finding that perfect grip blah 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 this was that really focusing on you know on on snatching the gun whatever's appropriate if you're diving into it dive into it make sure you get your belly and your clothes out of the way for your thumb um, or if you're snatching it, make sure you're getting your fingers hooked where you want to get your fingers hooked, high on the gun, etc. And coming up with the, your hand as high on the gun as you can get it on the back of the gun, um, you know, that skeletal alignment behind the gun. And then as you come to both hands together, what's your index point for your weak hand coming into your strong hand so that you can wrap up and pinch and smash the crap out of the gun with your weak hand. In, we call it weekend support hand. support hand uh yeah I like that better you know coming into it with your support hand so the grip on this if you you weren't I, i'm going to make the analogy of laying down behind a rifle at distance if you lay down behind the rifle cockeyed and offline with the gun and the target you're going to struggle if you're lining up a freaking t-box shot with your golf club and you don't line up well you're going to struggle you're going to have to force something out of where it wants to be to make the bullet go where it wanted to go. And I think that's probably a big part of this conversation, yeah. right? Was if you if you got a good grip, you got a good good grip primary hand, everything was lined up well, and then you smashed it with your support hand, then you weren't fighting the sights to get them on the target and hold it there and then press the shot off. The other thing you weren't fighting was having to have, at that distance, you got to have a pretty good trigger press. But again, as we discussed, gripping the gun, alleviates a little bit of that per- need for a perfect trigger press. In this case, I'd say you had to be pretty close, but yeah. 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 So, yeah. So I, it bring, it brings a lot. Of, it's another one of those drills that brings a lot of things back into focus with relatively few rounds. The other thing too, is almost everybody that any of the misses were pretty consistent. Nobody was missing all over. Most everyone was missing in one place. Yep. So it gave you a, a something, something to work with to correct what you were doing. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did that for an entire pistol mag. Yep. Um, Fifteen, seventeen rounds, depending on the gun. Yep. Uh, went down, looked at targets, and then we did it again. Yeah. Because it was so much t- fun the first time. Yeah. And things yeah. tightened up. Generally, the second time around, uh, I think people started to realize, you know, all the stuff Chris just talked about there, um, and then kind of executed on it. Uh, this was somewhat designed as a warm up. Yep. But it was also a, hey, we're going to do this cold. Uh, there was definitely fear and trepidation as we walked down to the firing line initially. Well, and um, there were a number of guys who were like, oh, let's see how this goes. Right? I yeah. mean, there were a number of guys right off the bat. Well, let's see how this goes. And, and curiously, I think, I think everybody was surprised because we've been working on some of these things like that, that, that support hand grip, yeah. getting good alignment and, and muscling that, we, that support hand grip. And then try not to screw it up with your trigger press. Um, I don't know. I, I think that I think that some guys had some things come together, and maybe they weren't as maybe they were expecting to put everything in the paper, and that's cool if you could. But some didn't. But I think you learn from it yeah. for sure. It reinforced some things for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also ended up making I think everything else we did for the night a little bit easier because yep. that ended up being the farthest we shot distance wise. Yeah. Uh, so the next drill we did was uh, the MXAD or MAT X-ray Alpha drill. Yeah. Uh, so a target at five yards, and then a target 
um, horizontally right next to it, but placed seven yards farther downrange. Yeah. So the far target's at 12. Uh, it's a build drill to the close target, and then two rounds on the far target. Mm-hmm. Um, goal time is under four seconds. Were we uh, doing heads on the far target? Yeah, it was bodies. Was it bodies? Yeah. Okay. can't remember where we went to that. So. Yep. Um, yeah, again, you know, speed on the draw makes yep. a big difference because yep. it gives you more time to do everything else, or it's just going to take total time out uh, by getting a good draw stroke. Yep. And then, you know, having that good grip is really important because you got to be able to run the build drill and keep yep. it tight in the A at five, and then be able to shift over, uh, slow things down just a skosh, yeah. and, you know, make the two A zone hits on the far target. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this was pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, and, what a, and we had some guys who were able to to kind of run, you know, doubles on the far target. Um, that's, for me, that's probably chasing the limit of my ability to keep high A zone on the far target running a double. Um, but I, but we ran it enough times that I felt like I was trying to speed up the second target in the transition. Um, but what I noticed was I, I, you could tell the guys that were having to modify their grip after the build drill that the cadence talks a lot about what this drill, how this drill worked. Um, on a couple of those, you know, and I'm not, this is not bragging cause these aren't bragging speeds. Um, but I don't know what his, I don't know what Matt's part-time is for that drill, but I mean, you know, I was down around low fours or four, yeah. um, you know, on consistently on that and didn't, but didn't feel like, cause I've been doing more grip work over the last couple of weeks. Um, I didn't feel like I had to readjust my grip or anything like that because I was getting a good grip. Part of that's dry fire, part of that's grip but I wasn't fighting with it. And then transition was a little slower from target to target than I'd like. And I'd, I'd like to be able to get a double at 12 yards, but I had to back off that a little bit because I, I pulled, I think I had a couple Charlies trying to go too fast. So, yeah, I want to yeah. say the, like the B class times four second, uh, the master class times like three and a half and maybe a GM times about three seconds. Okay. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, there's, you know, if you're running a two second build drill, um, then a transition and two more shots should not be, yeah, shouldn't and be a big th- deal. Those times, the published times are from like an open outside the waistband, yeah. no concealment rig. Uh, and we were generally all doing this from concealment. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So, I mean, like I said, it, you know, I was, I was just fine with four seconds on that. Um, B class for life, baby. <laughs> not, honestly, not. When you, when you look at, so, I mean, I, I realize. You know, US, USPSA guys, if you're listening to this, I don't know why you are. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's kind of a joke, but in all honesty, you know, if you're a, like a top tier um, LE or mill unit and you can shoot B class, uh, yeah. you're actually probably doing better than most of your peers. Yeah. Truth. Uh, Truth. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot, well, because so much of that world, it's changing, but so much of that world has these ridiculously long times for their quals. Yeah. You know, where, where you, well, take your time and make that shot perfect. So at the, at the end of the qual, you got this pretty little group right in the middle. And it's like, okay, but aren't you kind of working through the alacrity of the conversation too? And very few, you're seeing it more in some of the stuff now with the military. Um, I don't know about police units because I'm not, you know, we don't hear about that environment very much, but it just doesn't seem like it's there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Now. There are dudes that train and push themselves that are listening to the Stager stuff and the Park stuff and the X-Ray Alpha stuff and doing it on their own. So they're out there. God love them. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Getting back to MXAD. Yep. Uh, we shot this four times in a row um, per shooter. 
kind of we set it, we had set up four stations. Um, so we ran, you know, four guys through. Um, they each shot it four times, and then we went down and pasted the targets. Um, so it was we were able to keep everyone pretty accountable. I think we we ended up on the close targets. We just pasted stuff outside the A. Yeah. Um, on the far target, everything got pasted. Um, we had run the same drill, I think about a year ago. Um, yeah. And not pasting the far target gave people credit for uh, mics. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, once you start getting past, honestly, 10 yards, like everything's got to get pasted every time. Yep. Otherwise, the, oh, yeah, of course it went in the one of the existing holes in the A. Yeah. Um, gets to be way too easy to, to Way too plan. convenient. Way too... Um, I, I also think too that the if 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 you are a consistent shooter and you're trying to make improvements or trying to make gains, having a clean target, you know, on on every run to some extent, not not every run, but on every iteration of a set of drills gives you yeah. an amalgam to look at. It gives you an additive set of behavior to look at and say, okay, this is what I'm doing. I'm I'm pushing this here. I'm snatching the trigger. I'm doing X Y Z to let you go look at that target and in the in the translation to almost all of it is is do that again when it goes in the middle kind of mentality yeah. but when you can walk down and see your target and understand that maybe you're doing something weird with your with your support hand grip that's breaking something or or maybe you are snatching the trigger hard enough and it's at enough distance that you're pushing stuff low or whatever the case you got glock low you know where you're going low whatever if you run it three or four times and then go look at the target, it gives you something to look at. Now, if your shots are everywhere, that's telling you something too. That's telling you that your fundamentals are super, super inconsistent, and you probably need to go back to that yeah. for a bit. So either way, running it a few times and then going to – like the same thing as watching, again, going back to the X-Ray Alpha stuff when he does the doubles drills, he'll do a lot, a lot, a lot of doubles drills. Then go look at the target and be like, okay, I'm doing this. Yeah. Those one or two that aren't perfect are this, but it gives you an amalgam. It gives you an additive – set of data to, to, to pile up and go, okay, this is what's actually happening versus I think this is what's happening. So yeah. you, you're more, way more accountable, I think, and way more fixable yep. at that point. So, yep. Um, I, anything else to add to that drill? Uh, yeah, it's a really, from a, being able to maintain your grip at pace yep. or at speed kind of drill, it's really good. Um, it also forces you, you know, that transition is just enough that it, it ends up being quite a challenge um, to do it fast. Yeah. And it, to have the discipline, you know, to put the second or the last two shots in the A box at 12 yards. Yeah. Because uh, everybody wants to shoot those as fast as they did the ones at five. Yep. Uh, most of us are not that good. Well, and, and I, like for me, I know that like I, I, I get locked into, you know, I, I get locked into holding on to the gun for the build drill because, I mean, you know, you've got significantly better grip strength than I do. Um, and a lot of you guys can run the trigger faster than I can. So I'm locked in trying to make sure I'm focused on pushing those six rounds where I want them and not jacking that up. And then to unlock from that to go to the next target, there's almost like a mental lock there that I've got to undo. And so my cadence on that was it, it felt painfully slow. And then when you see the times, it was like, okay, <laughs> We're back to B class for life. It wasn't painfully slow, but it surely wasn't fast. Uh, but there's something to be learned there too: is yep. the ability to make this to come off of that. You know what? A, again, the comment about there's not much that a build drill won't fix. Yeah. Kind of mentality, behavior-wise. So if you look at it from that perspective, you've so you've a, you've addressed a target with a build drill, but you need to get onto the next threat. Well, 
the faster you do it, the better your chances are. So yeah. you probably should work on that too, huh? Yeah. So, this is yeah. also a drill where I'm counting to six and then counting <laughs> two more can be quite challenging yeah. um, for a number of people. Yeah. So we're back to third grade math. Yep. Art school. Uh, <laughs> we love you. <laughs> <laughs> sorry uh yeah it yeah. It, it, it well there was a, there were a few and it wasn't just art school there were some other people there but most of them were you know either i don't know they they had artistic backgrounds or something but not, not autistic yeah. art, artistic um yeah. but yeah yeah i don't know that's funny to me um but sure yeah it happened uh, from there we set up the distance change up drill so two targets at five yards, um, one target in the middle at 12 yards. Um, the targets are horizontally stacked basically right next to each other. Yep. Um, and it's two rounds on each of the close targets in the primary A zone. And then a headshot or two headshots on the far target. Yep. Uh, so again, working the, the transition, not, you know, wide transitions, but, mm-hmm. you know, having a transition between targets and then you're really getting dialed in uh, to make the shots on the far target count. Yeah. Uh, the, the two near targets flank the far target on either side. Yeah. Um, so as you're coming out, you know, and this was kind of put out there as a shooter's choice, you know, what's the right way to do it? Well, I think from a speed perspective, the transitions up close are probably easier. So drawing, hitting the two close targets, then drop into the far targets, probably the fastest way to do it consistently from a mechanical standpoint, because it's still a pretty short transition. They're not yeah. that far apart, even though there's a target in between. They're, they're a yard apart. Yeah, ish. Maybe. So, yeah, maybe, probably not, um, because from a visual standpoint, those targets are nearly shoulder to shoulder. Um, so, you know, and they're only 24 inches wide, and the far target's offset. So you might have a lot smaller window than that, than a yard. It might only be yeah. 18, 20 inches like, A zone to A zone is maybe a yard. Yeah. Like from A to A. Yeah, fair enough. And yeah. something like that. So you're looking at that transition. Um, it, you know, and we did have a couple of guys who chose to try and do them, you know, three in a row, you know, just like, you know, right to left, left to right, whatever. And I think figured that out as well. Um, because that, that transition to distance is a different transition. Um, I think it requires, especially going to the head, requires a yeah. little more acuity, a little more breakdown of what you're doing. And it forces you to slow down, but then you got to pick it back up. Versus coming out hard, drilling the first two, and then going to the distance. Um, Tom Cruise in Collateral would have chosen to do the two close targets first. Um, yeah. You know, because that's just how you do things. So, anyway, um, same kind of conversation with all the other stuff. If your grip wasn't right on the holster out, if you weren't getting good support hand drive on the gun, um, and then managing trigger control, you know, up close, it wasn't anywhere near as critical, but at distance, it became very critical. Um, we, we had a couple guys drop shots on the heads. Um, but not as many as I would have thought as fast as everybody was going, everybody was moving pretty quick. And so those targets were a lot cleaner. Also, there were, you know, a couple of what, you know, I know that people refer to as the, the near misses or the acceptable misses. I, I, I kind of, I get that like, well, you're two inches, you're, you're within an inch of the top of the A zone. So I like that hit, even though it's a miss, um, you're an inch off the head low, um, I, I like that miss too, as long as it's centered up in the spinal column or where the spinal column would be and the head on that, those targets is a little odd right. on the cardboard. But having said that still a miss. Um, yeah. and so, you know, it's kind of working that back into the idea of, you know, let's, let's not chase close. Let's, let's chase where we want them. And again, a lot of the rounds were going there, even though there were some, there were, there was a mic here or there, but not very many, yeah. not, not as many as I was expecting it, you know, especially because it got dark. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, one thing on the, the close targets, um, people started shooting centers, uh -huh. I think, pretty quickly because the bottom of the A zones got really chewed up. Yep. Uh, granted, the top of the A zones were pretty chewed up too. Yeah. Uh, but having that called visual discipline to use, you know, the upper A zone. Yeah. And really, you know, aim upper thoracic, um, put yep. hits on targets where they're going to do the most mechanical damage um, to the target is important. Behavior modification. Uh, and then, you know, be able to pick a small target on the far target, keep your eyes focused there. Yeah. Uh, really made a difference in putting rounds on the credit card. Yeah. Uh, this, I think this drill would be a lot more interesting if we enforce, you know, if it's not in the credit card, it's not a hit. Yeah. As opposed to just put the hits in the head, in the head box. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and again, we come back to a mechanical conversation. The credit card's two by three. Um, and at 36 feet. Yeah. Yeah. 36 feet. That's, that's, uh, that's no mean feat. That's, that's legit. If you can do that. And I, I, there's a lot of guys out there that can do it with all the time in the world. There's a lot of guys out there who can't do it consistently at all. Um, I, that would be an interesting play on that to see how much to run it one way and then run it the other and go, okay, well, how much time if we say we're going to cut yeah. off the bottom of the A zones and then we're going to go to the credit card in the head or even go to, you know, the IDPA circle in the head yeah. that I think that becomes almost the whole head at that point. But yeah. the, the credit card is, that's a legit target, especially at 15 or 12 yards. Yeah. Um, I, I think we need to maybe think about that for next yeah. time, especially in the dark. That would really, that would really piss some people off. But yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I should note too, we ran um, this particular course of fire head to head. Yeah. So it wasn't really for time as much as you didn't want to lose to your buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we yeah. also added a movement aspect into this too, where you were starting on touching a barrel, hand on a barrel, in the, moving three to five yards yeah. um, to line up with the setup and, and, and then do your thing. And in that case, you know, for the most part, you could you could draw, have the gun out downrange as you were moving into position, kind of giving you that latitude to get over at an angle and get set up, um, but you wanted to beat your buddy. And a lot of those runs were close enough that it was it was kind of hard to tell who was who won them. Um, and sometimes, uh, honestly, because this, this became a low-light evolution, um, yeah. at some point, you know, the guy who got his light on and wasn't fucking around with his light trying to figure out which way was up, me, um, you know, that, that, that guy... The, the guy who wasn't messing with his light won. And, and I definitely, you know, a couple of people struggle with that because they're running new light systems that they don't have a lot of time on. And so, which brought us back around to a, yet a tertiary learning opportunity, which was if you're, you know, trained with your light, figure yeah. out how to make your light work. You know, if it's an X300, I have no problem with it. But the TLR7A Flex, I think it's probably easier to use. I'm just still trying to figure out how to tap it and keep it on. Or whether or not I want to drive it and run my thumb into it. Um, and curiously, I found one of the drills where I ran it and chose to run it as a just push my thumb into it and hold it there. I actually think was helping me support the gun a little bit, even though my thumb was way lower than I wanted it. From a grip perspective, driving into something on the gun was almost like that gas yeah. pedal effect. And found out that that was very doable um, once I could wrap my head around what I was choosing to do. So, but make a decision and stick with it. And if it doesn't work, then change what you're doing. Right. So, yep. yeah. So guys learn stuff about lights too. We had a little bit of that going on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anybody failed with a dot. Did anybody have any issues with lights overrunning dots or anybody have I any issues? Don't think so. I think everybody's kind of realized that how to make their auto settings work. Yeah. 
or to you know adjust the brightness on the dot so it works with the light and maybe not as well with the ambient light. Yep, override it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, some of these runs were you know that very twilightish, yep. very gray light. You didn't quite need the weapon mounted light, uh, but it was definitely hard to see the targets without the weapon mounted light. So yeah. running that kind of conditions. Yeah. Uh, those runs, I think the close targets were acceptable, but yeah. the far targets may or may not have actually been engaged. Yeah. Uh, or not engaged well if they were. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's definitely some of that going on. Um, and I will say too, you know, again, guys, if, if you, um, we, you know, we talk about, you know, we, we're fortunate to have the opportunity to train in a um, low light, no light environment on a, on a fairly regular basis throughout the year, just because of the, the you know, the, the, the safe aspect of where we shoot, we can do that. Um, there, it, you could still dry fire all this stuff in these lighting conditions. And you can create these lighting conditions in your own basement too. Um, yeah. You know, simply by turning on a light and not pointing it in the a small light and not pointing in the direction you want it will give you enough ambient light for you to make out the edges of a target and see what your sights look like as you draw. The one thing that you won't get is how your your optic reacts to you putting 500 or 1,000 lumens into that environment. Um, inside a structure, a lot of bounce back, and so the, the, the optic tends to auto-adjust a lot better than it does outdoors. Um, so you've got to know both those environments. If you're someplace where you don't have anything over your head and you don't have walls around you, then you flick that light on, but your dot's on auto, it may stay very, very dim. Well, you better transition to your iron sights like right the hell now or have a, enough mechanical knowledge of your weapon to be able to hit targets, yeah. you know, from that one, um, you know, or two, maybe the outline of the gun or something, see a front sight, but you, but you better be ready to transition to it, um, you know, mentally because that's, that's a stopping, that has been a stopping point for yeah. people to kind of go, oh, crap, my dot's gone. Well, you still have bumpy things on the gun that glow in the dark, freaking use them. Um, and I think we're getting past that too. Yeah. And as we go on through the year, we'll probably do a lot better with that. So just be aware of those things that, you know, again, these are the mechanical aspect of the tool needs your understanding of how to make it work best for you in each environment. So as you go into those environments, maybe that's a mental thing to tick off until it kind of becomes second nature. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. 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 Know, know your equipment, train, know, and practice with your equipment. And again, I think everything we did I think everything we did, again, probably could have been done dry fire. Yeah. I don't think there's any of this that you couldn't have done dry fire. Yeah. So. The, and even the, I mean, maybe the head-to-head -head nature of the stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, all the all of the shooting, you can definitely do dry fire. Yeah. Um, taking on a striker-fired gun, um, putting a rubber band or a piece of cardboard or something in the ejection port, so yeah. it kind of makes the trigger go dead. Yeah. Um, you can do multiple shots with the trigger. Yeah. Um, or you can do like on a Gen 3 Glock, go into the wall every time. Yeah. And then, you know, on the last shot, actually break the shot works yeah. pretty well. Yep. Uh, or breaking the first shot and then just keep on, you know, mashing the trigger. Yeah. Or, uh, or go buy an old CZ P07. Yeah. Or, or, a, or, or something that's got a hammer. And like a DA SIG or a, something. Yeah, DAS, SADA gun. Just run SA. Click, 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 click. Um, and when you pick up that short trigger Glock, everything gets real easy. Um, you know, just make sure your sights on the target before you actually engage the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then a final evolution, we took the two, two setups of distance change up and we turned them into one big run. Yep. Um, uh, so starting in this, in between them, run over to one of the sets 
um, engage that set of targets and then transition laterally, what, 10, 12 yards, something like that? Yeah, 15. yeah, to 10, 10 yards, probably 10 yards, because we were uh, running about five from the barrel to either side, so yeah. about 10 yards apart. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then shoot the second set of targets. Uh, so now, you know, working on getting into position well, getting out of position well, yep. um, taking the time, you know, again, to make the far targets and then doing the stuff up close really quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. With a little bit of movement and stress and heart rate and all that. Yeah. We did it two times in a row. Yep. Um, ended up being a really good, you know, kind of close to the night. Yeah. Well, kind and of bring light, everything together. Yeah. And then light discipline too. So you're turning the light off in between yep. the sections. Um, yeah. Good, good weapon manipulations. Yep. Yeah. I think I only saw one guy running with his light on. And he was cussing the whole time trying to figure out how to turn it off. Um, but, but I mean, you know, and, and so that, again, learning occurred kind of thing. Um, and, and it was nice to see that the majority of folks, as they were coming into position, the footwork mentality had not been lost. So, yeah. again, we're piling on these individual things that we train to will eventually come together all into one. If you get enough reps in on each of them, you can start putting these together into a system. Uh, so guys were coming in high. They're coming in with the gun up, yeah. ready to go. So, and it, this is on, and unfortunately this is on loose gravel. So it's, you know, there are, you know, there's a little bit of a don't fall on your butt kind of thing. And athleticism definitely matters more there too. Um, I am not, uh, but anyway, so as you're coming into position, you're coming in gun high, pointing in the right direction, ready to engage the target, trigger off the finger until the sights are on it. And then coming in with everything from the ground up ready to go yeah. and i think that was happening because the runs uh, you know i'm on a bum ankle and i'm freaking slow fat and old and, and just not fast in general um i was the slowest guy of the night by a lot um you were like 14 ish 14 ish yeah and there you know you were under 10 for one of them um and there are a number of guys that were 12 ish 11, yeah, 12. 11, 11 to 12 seem yeah. to be pretty, pretty doable for yeah. just about everybody. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, but it, every time you have to come into position, come to a stop and then get the gun away from you and up is another half a second added on to that. And you're doing it a couple different times here. So, I mean, you know, like I said, there, I, I, people were, were tracking into that, you know, it wasn't perfect, but it was way better than, you know, it's we're getting better. Yeah. We're getting better. So, which is the whole point of this. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good progression too, guys. If you're as you're planning some of this stuff out, um, some thought process into the progression of those drills, or ripping off somebody else's progression as they put out there for you. Um, there's a lot of content out there from really really good people that you can go to, um, like Stager, Park, uh, X-Ray Alpha, Panone, um, uh, who's the a Proctor. Um, there's there's so many guys out there that put out really good content that you can kind of look at that and they'll say, hey. I usually start off with doing this. Hey, I spend half my rounds doing this, um, you know, doubles with X-Ray Alpha, you know, doubles, 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 doubles. Um, there's, a, th there's a progression out there for all that stuff. Steal everybody else's shit. You can stand on other people's shoulders. It's perfectly cool. Um, you do not need to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all the drills we did along with the very in-depth explanation on how to do them and how to do them at the level that makes sense for where you're at. Yep are in the practical shooting training book um, from Ben Steger and Joel Park. Uh, if you don't have that, you really need that if you're at all serious about getting better at shooting yes. uh, handguns. I, that, I mean, I'm saying that that's like, that's the, that's the textbook. That's the, that's yeah. the 400 level or 500 level class textbook. Uh, and it's, it's the textbook that has made every other handgun shooting textbook obsolete. 
Yeah. I, yeah. And I just, I just can't, you might take nuggets out of the old stuff. You might take nuggets here and there, but the nuggets are already in this. They're yeah. built into it. And it, and it is, and it is the, what I'm going to say is this is, this is the modern method. You know, if we go back 70 or 30 years ago, 20 years ago, I, modern isosceles stance was the new, okay, cool. Um, th- this, this is the same kind of mentality. This, this is the future is now. Um, and somebody's written it all down for you and given you a plan of action. They've given you the programming. They've given you the curriculum to get better. It, you know, go, it's pretty easy. To, it, it's not pretty easy to do. It's a lot of freaking work, and it's not easy. But it's but it sure as hell is fun. Yeah. So yeah, and it's right there in front of you. It's yeah, and like it's twenty five bucks. On I was Amazon. just gonna say twenty five or thirty dollars and a set of dry fire targets on top of that's another ten. Yeah. Um, it's less than two boxes of nine millimeter right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, and it's a hell of you know, and it well, and it's less than two really good drinks out at a nice dinner or restaurant kind of thing. So I mean, you know, um, this is this is not a big dollar investment. It might be a big time investment and a big ammo investment. You know, but yeah, the, yeah, it's it's out there for you guys. But the programming matters. How you lay out your training nights matters. You should go into each of these nights with a plan. The progression of what you're doing, the programming of what you're doing, should stack. It should make sense. It should lead somewhere. It should start somewhere and lead somewhere and finish somewhere. So um, that's kind of what we're hoping to give you guys too. As we talk about these training nights, you're like, hey, here's a good progression you can run through. Um, and and all of these are in a relatively short amount of time with a relatively short amount of ammo, you know, yeah. we're generally running two hours or less and we're generally running probably 200 rounds or less, um, in, in a block like this, yep. you know, and if you're going out and doing these things by yourself or with one other person, you will go through more ammo because you're going to get more iterations. Um, you know, good on you. Yeah. Good on you. Or so. you'll just do it really quick. Yeah. Either way, or it'll be a half hour training session, which is perfectly cool too. So, yep. yeah. Cool. Yep. Uh, on that note, follow us along on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram. On Facebook, search for Cap City Outfitters. On Instagram, search for Cap City Outfitters 2. Uh, we apologize for not being able to post a lot of products. Um, the commie bastards at Meta have robots that scan the images and yeah. don't let us really post anything anymore. So you may see um, us do kind of like the whiteboard description yeah. of something we got in that's cool. We apologize for that if it seems jank, but the, the bots are good. And we got a Skynet's getting us, so we're trying to stay ahead yeah. of Skynet. So yeah, yep. Uh, we also do an email newsletter once a week that comes out on Fridays. You can sign up for that on the website capcityoutfitters.com, or drop us an email at info at capcityoutfitters.com. We'll add you to the newsletter list. Also on the website, you can find information such as how to do an FFL transfer or how to purchase a suppressor at our storefront over at silencershop.com. And then we're here in Hilliard, Ohio. We're at 4465 Cemetery Road. Uh, we're in front of the Aldi's. We're directly next to Louis Fusion Drill. We're here Tuesday through Friday, 10 to 5, and 10 to 3 on Saturdays. We look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Appreciate it.